What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. Sup, Moose? What up, y'all? And we are going to be talking about the boy, the man, the living legend. Uh, it happens to be his birthday on the time that we're recording this, so maybe that was like godsend. I'm cool with that, right? Uh, the six himself, Drake. Hey. Hey. Yo, how are we feeling about this, Most How are we feeling? Yeah, pretty swagged out, man. It's cool. As always, it's always an honor to show respect to people who are doing phenomenal things while they're still alive. I think that's one of the greatest things about the show and, and this concept that we've created. So I'm excited to go over this uh, very creative genius of, of an artist and a businessman who has broken records time and time again. Giving away too much. We're giving away too much. Let's go into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So, first off, happy birthday, Drake, if you ever hear this in life. I'm hoping that in, like, maybe two, three years you happen to hear this on your birthday. I'm with it. Or in your birthday month. Happy birthday, Drake. But anyway. Happy birthday, shooting. Drake. Happy birthday, Drake. Um, happy birthday, Drake. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. After <laughs> after the after uh, Ricky Ross uh, reposting the video, yes. I don't even think these are these are long shots anymore. Literally, when they say, what is it, two degrees or three degrees of separation mm-hmm. from everyone in the world, I think we're about... Maybe we've cut it down to like two and a half, like 2.25. We're we, we doing something right now. I think we're in the building. So look, so everybody, before we get into Drake, uh, tag him, right? Say, at Nikki and Moose, would love to have you on one day, one time for mm-hmm. the one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. One Queen time kids. for the one time. You know what I mean? Queen but um, Moose, how you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling very good. Grateful as always. And uh, excited to be here with you, rocking out, man. This is going to be good. I'm loving this new setup. Hey, I'm loving you know, this new up. How are we feeling with the new crib? For those who don't know, he moved, okay? He moved. <laughs> he is in a whole new place somewhere. Still in New York, though. But um, I'm not going to give the location. However, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? Uh, really good. Really good. You know, it's funny. I would, that's why you got to have some friends like Nikki, man. I was going to keep this thing under the wraps until like... Nope. Top of the year. Nope. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then day one, she was like, oh, look at his background. Look at sure it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm super excited. I think this was a much needed move. Uh, simply put, I just outgrew my old space and I, I would give the advice. I actually wanted to share this at some point, but I would give the advice to any entrepreneur, man, any person building, just in general, whatever it is, a career, a business, a brand, anything that you're doing. Give yourself the opportunity to live below your means and sacrifice because mm-hmm. there's so much discipline that you acquire during that time when you can do things financially, uh, physically, in every way, right? And you're like, nope, not right now, not right now. I know I can, but there's just something about holding off that builds such great character, that, that builds some of your greatest ideas, that, that attracts certain people to you. So 
I'm going to post it one day, man, and I'm going to tag the podcast so you guys can see the place that I was working out of. I literally did everything out of one room. I slept Mm. in that room. I worked out of that room. I ate in that room. There was a bathroom in that room. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and, uh, people don't know. I was 30 years old sleeping on a twin size bed. So uh, to Mm. to tell you the sacrifice that went into it, again, I could have done more. But I just said, nope, not right now, not right now. So this move for me was uh, was major, man. This was major. So I'm very grateful, you know, very grateful, excited. But let's yeah, clap it up. Let's, let's it. clap it up. Let's clap it up. That's huge. Shout out to Moose and his move. Shout out to Moose and his move. But the Moose move. Hey. Uh, he said he said he's gonna post it one day, one day. So that means you gotta uh, follow us at Nikki and Moose on Twitter on Instagram, on Facebook. He's going to put it somewhere on those, right? But definitely mm-hmm. have the conversation with us on Twitter because we're going to be talking to you guys. But uh, let me get right into the reviews. We always say leave us a review, and we're going to acknowledge it, right? So we got somebody, Logan100. He said, mm. energy, the amount of energy, the wealth of knowledge that has that is communicated is like no other. You can see and feel the passion of branding with Nikki and Moose. And I see KY, but that's cool. Um, I feel so empowered and educated after listening to this powerful duo. Keep up the great work, guys. I can't finish reading it because it's like a dot, 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 dot. But we get the point. Shout out to Logan 100. We appreciate you. And everybody who has left a review, we see all of you. It is on NikkiAndMoose.com. We see it. We see you. Um, All right. So let me be fully transparent. We recorded this and it messed up. Okay. Mm. We recorded this and we messed up. Um, So we are here again recording it and... You know what? I don't feel I was like little disappointed. I was like, man, we gave so much heat. We gave right. so much heat. But uh, I feel like this one's going to be even more fire. I need that. I need that sound. More fire. More fire. More fire. More fire. Right. Hey, a um, <laughs> little bit more energy today. Uh, but Moose, let's talk about the flight assessment. Let's do this right because uh, we messed up the other time, but let's do this right. <laughs> so this is what we do, okay? We This show goes over our living legends, right? We want to talk about a different side of it, the branding and business side. We go over their career, but we really try to focus on what makes them different just in totality and what kind of business moves are they making. But we also try to break it down from the flight assessment kind of standpoint. And for those who don't know what the flight assessment is, Moose is going to tell you. But we go over four characters, right? Four characters, pilot, flight attendant, grounds crew, air traffic controller. If you haven't taken this test, that can't even take it. Say it. Flightassessment.com. 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 Moose, in a minute or 30 or 45, however you're feeling like it, can you let the people know what is what? Absolutely. So based on the four dominant personality types that exist in the world, you can simply find out which one you score the highest in by completing a simple questionnaire, which is what we call the flight assessment. Now, what we do is we uh, go through certain clips and we try and see some of the similarities or what personality types are driving this person's behavior, his moves, their strategies, the whole nine, their vision, just their creativity, all in all. 
But what we use is the airport theme to help people make the connection, right? So first off, we go with the pilot. Now, what do we know about the pilot? They go on the plane, they go straight to the cockpit, and they're only focused on getting the plane from where it is to its final destination. They don't interact with the passengers, at least not until the job is done. So those who are pilots, we know them to be people who are super goal-oriented. They love challenges and problems. They're super motivated by a big challenge, right? They, they like to rise to the occasion. So those driving, very determined and aggressive A-type personalities, those are, you're gonna, are, gonna, are what we're going to call your pilots. Next up, you have your flight attendant. So if you're getting on a plane, you're going to walk past the pilot, you're going to get to your seat, and you're going to notice that the flight attendant is smiling, happy, right, welcoming you or helping you to your seat, maybe getting your bags on the plane. And the idea, <clears throat> the idea for the flight attendant is that they are people-oriented. They love the experience. They're all about the charm, the charisma, the swag, right? They want to have the newest and flyest clothing. They're really creative and visionary people. So that is the driver behind the flight attendant. The next up, you have the ground crew. And if you're sitting on a plane, you look out the window, you're going to notice people in blue, orange, and green vest doing a whole bunch of things, right? Getting bags on the plane, bringing up beverages and snacks to the flight attendants to use during the ride. They're, they're backing the pilot from the gate to the runway, a whole bunch of things, right? But a lot of things that are extremely important for the success of the overall trip, mission, the whole concept. So what we know about people who are grounds crews, they're very loyal to a vision. So they love to work with people, but they just want to make sure that they're involved in a way that's helping everyone win, right? So they're great listeners, very empathetic people. They don't like to really get into any problems. They just want everyone to get along. And then last but not least, you have your air traffic controls. You don't really see these people. You don't hear from them, but you hear of them, right? Pilot comes on the intercom and says, hey, uh, air traffic control said we're up next. So we need five minutes before we can go. So these are the people who are working behind the scenes, usually behind computers, but they're big on strategy. They're big on details and numbers and making sure things are lining up and thinking about how does my decision today impact our organization or our team five and 10 years down the line. So that's what you have for the flight assessment. Hey, so if you kind of connected with whatever Moose just said, you probably that, but to confirm it, go to flightassessment.com, check it out. But let's figure out what Drake is. Let's get into this first clip. Let's not play around. Um, I was going to go into stats first, but we'll get into it. So let's talk about this first clip. I don't, I don't necessarily have like you know the same stories as as Wayne, or I don't have like that. Like you said, you know Wayne could sit here and tell you like I'm a gangster. You know I could rap about that gangster life. You know, I, I I can't do that. I can only rap about like my like my Jewish mom and like you know like the girls that I take on dates and stuff. So, uh, so I take my <laughs> I take my time and I observe life. I study human beings. Um, specifically women and their patterns. And I try and, um, in, in songs, I try and pinpoint moments that people think about but just don't know how to necessarily verbalize. Mm. First off, he starts off with the, the light skin voice. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> That's why I'm not, I'm not Wayne. Give us an example I'm of the light, the light not, skin voice, I'm not please. Wayne. I just, you know, I'm me. I'm, I'm Jewish and stuff. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but um okay so so let's get right into this so branding wise right when you go into the hip-hop game it has a certain kind of style certain kind of look to what you're supposed to be 
act, say, when it comes to being a rapper, right? And the great thing about Drake is he just happened to be rocking with, at the time, uh, the greatest rapper uh, alive, which was Lil Wayne. Many people can debate on that, but that's why I said at the time, right? So um, with Wayne, the way he raps, the wordplay, um, the tattoos, his lifestyle, everything like that, Drake was the complete opposite, right? And we've known many artists who have faked a rap persona, right? Who have faked it to fit into the mold of what that industry should be, right? And what when, when we're learning about this whole branding situation, we're looking at Drake and what, see, what shows that he stands out is that he is the clean cut, I don't care about no guys, shoot them up, bang, bang kind of vibe. I care about the females and what they want and what's going to trigger them and impact them because at the end of the day, um, first, I'm attracted to females. Two, um, I'm fully aware that females buy more than guys. Um, and I could probably direct them to go here and there based off my music, right? Everybody else is doing the other stuff, the fight stuff, the, you know, the houses, the cars, the fem- all that other stuff. But no one's talking to the females. I'm talking about the females, but not talking to the females, Right. So he went into the game already different. He came into the game already branding himself different as like a clean cut, light skin, no tattoos, everything like that. It's like you I don't even think you barely see him smoke, which was another thing that hip hop people do. Right. And it's just he was almost like a breath of fresh air when it comes to the hip hop game. As well as his style of rapping, he both raps and sings. And he does it, uh, depending on who you're talking to, he does it very well, right? I think his rapping is a little bit better than his singing. Other people will say different, right? But that was something that wasn't done in the game. And so it doesn't surprise me that, well, he's been in the game, what, 15 years, something like that, right? Yeah. It It doesn't surprise me that he is... One of the top tiers, if not top tier, uh, of our generation, right? Because he just did it different. There's other people who've done it well, who've done it great, who've done it like to the top. Jay Z, Nas, Lil Wayne, you know, Biggie. All all these people have different styles, but similar at the same time, right? And Drake was just over there doing what he wants to do. And people of our generation are saying, yo, he is the number one artist, right? Some people will say number two because, you know, we still have Beyonce in our lives. Hi, Beyonce. Hi. (laughs) I don't know if you watch this yet. You know, hi. But but, um, I think it's important to really see his beginnings as far as that, the beginning part really molds people. The beginning part could really make you to truly transform into the industry or you transform the industry to what you want it to be. And I think Drake did 
just that where he transformed hip hop and R&B into just being Drake. It's always a Drake mood, a Drake vibe. I'm feeling Drakeish. Like it's just, it's a vibe. It, I'm feeling Drakeish. It is when you're on your light skin mode. Like it, it. That's Drake. When you're feeling any kind of emotions, that's right. Drake. Like no rapper is like, man, I'm just really missing her today. Um, I'm thinking about texting her, but not really. I don't want to. Like you're in your Drake mode. That's it. You're in your Drake mode. Like, yo, let me oh, let me go man. text my ex. Hey, you have no business texting no ex. Stop it. Stop being on right. your Drake mode. When you're doing those long rides and you're like playing that thinking music, a little vibe out kind of vibe, and you put, what do you put? You put Drake on. It's Drake. It's we, Drake we, mode. We explaining somebody's life right now. You know it's true. I'm you telling you, they we are thinking like whole life right now. Everybody, everybody listening to this is like, shoot, right. I've definitely done Somebody, this at least yeah, three, somebody's four, driving five, right now, about like, ninety-two times. Like, man, I did on a long drive. Really think about <laughs> yeah. her. Yeah, we know like, it. We know it. Yeah, man. Let me ask you I think question. I almost texted her too. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone to Drakeish? Have you ever done the Drake? Oh, absolutely. No, listen. <laughs> I've gone to Drake mode. I've I've i pulled many Drake moves. Uh, yes. Hilarious. I have done that. I have uh, yes. Absolutely. Mm. And I'm petty with the wordplay like Drake. I will mm. intentionally like you will know I'm talking about a certain person if I get in that. Yes, yes. Yeah, mm. I, I will claim, I will strongly say maybe that's a light skin thing. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but all light, well, oh, that's, I don't want to be the ambassador of light skinned people, but majority of light skinned people do like get in a, like a deep vibe when, you know, something is going on, they put on Drake and then they're like, yeah, you're right. Man. Let me, let me text him. Let me text him. Yo, what you doing, oh, big head? Oh, man, hilarious. What you doing, big head? Oh, God. Oh, God. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm okay. Fine. My bad. Most what you what you got? I'm, I'm putting all my business. Out. I don't care. I've texted exes. I've done I that. Care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> what? It, did Hilarious. it work? No. Hilarious. Did it work for him? No. So I don't care. Right. 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 Hey, it's worth a shot. It's hey, shot. shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I really like this clip because of the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a constant theme on, on our show, on our podcast, where we talk about authenticity, mm -hmm. because we know that that's when somebody is going to experience the maximum level of success. It's when you are being you like nobody else's business. So when you first enter anything new that you're passionate about and you want to succeed in, especially like uh, the music industry, a business or a career, and you have someone who is at the top in the field that is your influence or your partner or someone who's working with you or guiding you along the way, it is very easy to slip up into their habits and into their tendencies and start carrying about and acting the way that they do because you're like, well, if I want to be successful like them, then I have to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you want to mimic the habits, but not the style, mm -hmm. right? You want to mimic the habits in terms of the work ethic, maybe the, the perspective, uh, how they how they approach conflict and, and leadership and, and confrontation and just overall minor things or personal things like fear and all of those things. But you don't want to mimic exactly what they're doing because you're going to be a mirror of them. And people are going to know like, oh, yeah, that's uh, wannabe Little Wayne or 
Little Wayne two point nothing, and it's just not clicking. So Little early Wayne's- on, <laughs> two point nothing, right? And uh, and and he he embraces himself and says, you know what? Nope, I'm going to stick to my my way. And they mesh perfectly together. I mean, they've made some phenomenal music, yeah. you know, early on in his career. So I definitely think that one of the things that he's done early on and, and, and shout out to whoever was mentoring him or guiding him or to himself as well for really carrying out that advice is that he stayed true to who he was and he wasn't looking to mimic right, the style and what everyone else was doing. So as you mentioned, with branding and just the overall image that you bring to the table within your business or within your brand, that is a big component of how you are received through the, you know, through the, the perspective of other people as well. So I thought, yeah, this, this was a really cool and, and definitely a, a big thing behind his success. Yeah, and, and um, even with that clip, which comes from uh, CBS News, right, Later down, he was like, look, me being who I am, right? Me doing the rap and the R&B and just talking to females and really understanding it. That's what true success is for me when it comes Mm -hmm. to this industry, because I get to be myself. I don't have to. I can only say stories of what I've done and what I do and what I'm interested in. And if I have to do something else. That's not that's not success to me. That's not genuine. That's not real. That's like a short lived career where I can be me forever. And this is what I can do. So I think, you know, I think when you're looking at some of these living legends and, and you really see how they've when they've reached their success, it's really, truly who they are. Right. And it's great to see from just the jump when it comes to Drake. It's like, yo, I've been this way and I'm not I'm not changing. Not we don't see all of a sudden with him with guns and a whole bunch of gang members or anything like that. My man didn't take on the little Wayne uh, blood affiliation in any kind of way. Allegedly, Mm -hmm. allegedly. I'm sorry. Allegedly. But, you know, that's not really a secret, but I'm saying Allegedly, he's not a gang member and anything like that. Let me stop because I'm going to get myself in trouble. Let's go to this next clip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got how Drake feels about social media. Because I enjoy social media. It's good for so many things, you know. Uh, I've met so many great people. So many great songs have come from me being active and me actually checking my DM or me, you know, um, you know, uh, I've had great friendships form over social media. I've met great women over social media. Um, just because, you know, a few bad apples want to violate, it would be a shame for me to just like be like, ah, I can't deal with this. It also is just like, I mean, it, build, it builds strength, you know, as, as tough as it may be. It, it definitely strengthens your character. I mean, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I wonder how many females slide in Drake's DMs. But just, anyways, move started off. I just. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. My no, th- you know what? This is this is one of those clips that I think was a great reminder for a lot of those people who don't like social media. <laughs> because mm. as you can see, he's not out here saying, man, I love social media. 
He's just letting you know that I understand the power of it, right? For those who know his story, he was technically found through social media, right? He mm-hmm. connected with, you said the, the guy's name was Young Prince, it was? It was like Jazz Prince. Oh, Jazz Prince, yep. Mm-hmm. On MySpace, who found out, who, who met Drake on MySpace, and he was a part of Lil Wayne's camp. So like mm-hmm. stretching back to even how he was found, it, it had something to do with social media. So I think he does a great job of continuing to stay engaged and dialoguing or connecting with his people so that he can continue to build opportunities. And, you know, I know you'll talk about this here in a little bit, but just the concept of how he's leveraged even the idea around memes and how that's helped take his career and his music game to a whole nother level. So I I think it's a great reminder for those of us who don't enjoy social media as much is that if you can operate out of that first principle behind authenticity and find a way to do it where you can just show you being you, Mm-hmm. And not so much in terms of, well, are they going to like it? Are they going to receive it? Are they going to respond to it? And I know that's part of it. It matters. But don't let that be the driving force behind why you do it. And 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 that's definitely one of those things that I think can be uh, helpful for anyone building right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't like it or I don't love it, but I know how to use it because it's important. And I, I think it's only going to grow. Like the, the world is not about to you know, uh, uh, quarantine out of social media. Like it's only going to grow uh, more, more, yeah, more. Everything is going to revolve. Yeah, it's going to revolve around it. Like even w- when we look at what's happening now, they're saying a large part of companies are pretty much letting go of physical office spaces mm-hmm. because they're not seeing a need for office space. They're like, yo, if we just navigated, you know, six, seven months working virtually yeah. and we did just fine, you know, there are some reports showing that there's, almost a 30% increase in the economy over the last few months now, mm-hmm. virtually, then they're like, yo, what's the point of th- yeah. the physical space? Now, I understand maybe just once in a while we can all come together and kumbaya, but for the most part, <laughs> I think social media is only going to increase if that shift happens, or when that shift happens, I should say, it's only going to increase, especially with our demographic actually wanting more of the freedom and mm-hmm. wanting to work from anywhere or work on their own time. So any anybody who transitions and pivots into that space is going to have more of that opportunity. So, yeah, social media is here to stay, man. Yeah. Um, I, I love what he said because he embraces uh, social media where maybe other rappers don't, where, you know, other entertainers kind of just stay very low key and does like the pictures and the videos and that's it. But... Drake is very, very engaged with social media. He really has the, you know, his hand to to what's happening on trends, on other people's platforms, things like that. These past couple of months, because he's about to drop anytime. Certified Lover Boy is about to drop at any moment. Uh, hopefully, by the time this comes out, he does a surprise drop. But We never know with Drake. Right. And him understanding that people have been wanting his music. They always do. He could drop an album tomorrow and they're going to want new music by Mm -hmm. the next day. Right. That's just kind of the age that we're in. But he tends to like make comments here and be on certain lives over here. He's popped in on DJ D nice and versus battles and, Uh, Popped in the shade room 17 million times. Why? Because they know that people are going to screenshot it and send it to to the blogs. 
if he has something coming out, he wants to stay relevant, right? I think all the way back from, I don't think it's coincidence that he showed pictures of his son. And I don't think it's coincidence that he let people inside his estate and showed more of that. I don't think it's a coincidence that he did an exclusive rap radar interview, which that clip came from. So shout out to B. Dot and Elliot, right? I don't think he does anything by coincidence. He literally had a battle with Meek Mill and used a whole bunch of memes that was from social media. He totally embraced it and crushed Meek Mill. No offense, Meek Mill. We love you. Truly do. However, um, you got killed. You got killed because he used what was undefeated, which is the Internet. You cannot, in this day and age, defeat the Internet. They have memes for everything. They have jokes for everything. They have a video ready They have Photoshop ready. They have everything ready for when you mess up. They have a GIF for you. They have a meme for you. They have you in a whole different outfit. Everything like that. And Drake embraces that instead of complains about it. He likes it and reposts it instead of being like, man, they're all trolls or hides more behind the scenes. He doesn't necessarily do that. Right. And I think that's what keeps him so high up in the game, because whereas, like I said, other artists kind of shy away from uh, social media, it he embraces it. So we uh, on our on our Facebook live show, we went over 50 cent one time. And we were talking about the whole G-Unit situation and Lloyd Banks did not want to get into social media. He always said, yo, if Biggie and Tupac were, you know, were alive, would Mm -hmm. they be on social media? And 50 was like, yo, I think Biggie would have the most fire Instagram in the world. What are you talking about? Like, I think Pac would be super dope on live. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And it hurt Lloyd Banks down the line because he wasn't relevant. So you're good for a certain generation who understood life before social media. But now we're in a time that we don't know anything else but social media. There are kids who've only known social media. Right. There's an age range that's done both. And then there's an age range that had nothing to do with social media. If you want to be relevant for all generations, you have to be on social media. All generations, Gen Z, X, all these great stuff, millennials, all that great stuff. You have to be active and relevant and doing different strategic moves to be a part of what's happening and what people are talking about. And it's not even about just let me do pictures and videos. It's about who are you engaging with? Who are you uh, collaborating with in your industries? How could like it's Drake really, really, really like gets it. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he is number one because he's one of those people that fully 
embraces it compared to others. That's I keep repeating it, but I want really for people to understand that because if you are not embracing it, you are going to be average. If you're not embracing it, you're just going to be a typical business person, a typical uh, personal brand that kind of gets it, kind of doesn't. But there's people who really study it, who strategically launches things, who are super creative, not necessarily in a style wise, but just from a vision wise. And they execute on it. And that's what people connect with. Yeah, oh, I went yeah. off on that one. Yeah, no, that's good. That's so good. I love the collaboration piece too. Like, if you think about some of the connections that happen organically through social, yeah, just because there isn't such a barrier between you and whoever it is, right? Again, mm-hmm. and, and like, think of the exact. I keep going to this because I think it's so dope. Like, three episodes into the podcast, Rick Ross post a clip of what you know what we did for him or, or at least a part of your your uh, segment mm-hmm. on his own story or on his own page so it's yeah. like th- just that connection piece when you're doing things from a pure heart and you're adding value into the world it's like that connection the ability to collaborate with who whomever it may be and he's done it like mm-hmm. he's collaborated with uh, Tor- Toronto comedians and, mm-hmm. and other people on social at least use their either certain clips of their voiceovers or parts yeah. of their skits. So he's done it on a multiple multiple levels. So I think it, it that collaboration piece also goes unnoticed because mm-hmm. I think when you're in business, it's very easy to just keep your head down and say, all right, I'm focused on here. That's all I need to do. And I don't need to worry about anybody else. But again, I think if anything, 2020 has proven that more than ever, you need more than just one thing. And more importantly, those relationships, if you keep them strong all throughout, imagine if, if whomever your greatest collaborator is or the person you could have had the greatest collaboration with, you don't touch base with them until COVID happens. Right. It's like that, that even if the, the, the partnership and the value exchange is phenomenal, you're more likely to get kind of you know, blocked or put off to the side if I haven't heard from you or we haven't really interacted for an extended period of time and you're only reaching out when you need something. I know that's a pet peeve of mine. I'm sure it is of yours. It's like, man, don't do that. Don't don't hit don't reach out and then 24 hours later, so uh right. you know, I was you know, it's like, come on, man. Right. But in in even with COVID, like we gotta think about what has been the talk of the town, which is it hasn't been any of these CNN, uh, ESPN, all the stuff that we used to watch. We're watching Versus and we're right. watching DJ D Nice. Like artists who really embrace the platforms, they're winning. The Weeknd did a whole concert on uh, TikTok, a whole oh, wow. virtual conf- uh, concert on TikTok, like they're finding different creative ways to still connect with their uh, audience and their fans, regardless if they can go on tour or not. Who says you can't do a virtual tour? Who says you still can't connect with your fans in a in a more intimate way? And like and, and I would love one day and I sent you this in the DMs, all the stuff that Travis Scott did. I mean, my man did a whole concert on Fortnite. Yeah, it's fire. Right. Genius and, move, by the way. And we'll oh, talk about and, some of the, the business investments behind that. Right. And and so, and that's the thing, like, 
top artists are thinking about ways to figure out how to get in front of people where they are on their phones. Uh, Beyonce did a Disney Plus joint, right? Mm -hmm. Did a whole movie in Disney Plus, which a lot of people were on, especially during COVID. You're like, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, right? And of course, social media. So understanding the, the time that we are in and that it's not going to change anytime soon. Like just because some of the uh, some of the numbers may be lower than before than the peak of everything, right? We are this is our new norm. And so we have to figure out how to be creative and how to really get in front of people using the platforms that we have. And these are free platforms. This is not something we have to pay for. This is not something, a a, a paywall of any kind of sort. We just have to be ourselves as well as interacting and embracing the trends and embracing it in our own brand, right? Because that's the key part. Don't just do a trend because it's a trend, right? Do it that it you incorporated with what your industry is doing, what your niche is doing, right? Drake, when you look back at that battle, right, he took all the memes and put it into a diss record. He put it as part as his performance, right? So you're rapping, you see all this stuff. Hmm. You, you totally put that in your brand. You didn't make it different. You didn't just become the meme. You right. transformed the meme into whatever you wanted it to be about, Right. And if you could do that with your brand, the power that you have and the messaging and the storytelling that you can do is unlimited if you could figure this whole social media thing out. Whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't I don't want us to go too heavy on social media, but it really is a big part of things right now. And and the part that I was thinking about is with with that whole move of taking those memes and adding them to his concert or his Mm -hmm. performance when he was you know, having that issue with Meek Mill. Yeah. I always think about the connection and the relationship he built with his audience during that time, right? Like just think about one of the greatest artists in the world is using a meme or a gift that you created. Like think about, you're going to go crazy over that. And then you're going to share that with your platform. And, and, And I use the example of, man, regardless of how smart someone is, whenever we're in a mastermind or a large training, the, the collective benefits because we combine our genius. No matter who the smartest person in the room is, mm-hmm. if we all combine our genius together, we automatically elevate our game. So yep. the fact that he's able to embrace all of those memes and all of the people's creativity, he has millions of designers now. He has millions of writers and creators yeah. helping him as opposed to just the people on his team which I think is brilliant. And, and, and the, the critical point here too is, and we talked about this during our, our pre-show, was he also received a large deal of criticism on social media. Yes. So just as he got the help for the Meek Mill thing, you just go type up the, the memes or the gifts uh, about Drake in your phone. And the hotline bling video was going to come up. And that was just a crazy thing, right? Like th- that whole concept. And, and he embraced it. You know, what's funny is that they were saying while they were shooting that video, yeah. he predicted that the Internet is going to go crazy from a meme standpoint 
with it and he still had fun with the concept. So you, you talk about someone who is whatever perceived to be maybe a little bit cheesy or corny and yeah. still saying like, screw it, I'm just going to be me and continue to walk in that confidently. Yeah. Uh, like the average person wouldn't have confidence if they are the way Drake carries himself in a sense, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way, yeah. but he does a phenomenal job of like, yo, it's, it's dope being me. And, and as a matter of fact, look at the life that I'm living as a result of it. So yeah, it's, it's that double-sided concept that I definitely wanted to add in there from an audience standpoint, as well as he didn't just get there because he's liked, he mm -hmm. actually received a great deal of criticism. And because he was open to embracing it and having fun with it and sometimes laughing at himself when it's necessary, as opposed to getting all upset, you know, that really helped people start to embrace him more and just kind of like fall back a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think that part is, uh, is pretty dope. Facts, facts. Well, let's get into the business side of things. Get that moose talk. Uh, here is what Drake thinks based off uh, what success is and what does money mean to him. I think less than the dollar value, it's just more about um, the idea of growth and business, business mindset to, you know, 25 million um, at the time seemed crazy to me. But when you start becoming a headlining touring act and, you know, brands want to get involved with you and you can go do private events and whatnot, it's, you know, you're capable of making it. And now I want to, you know, for sure, obviously keep touring, keep making music. But now I want to do something that has maybe nothing to do with music. Mm, 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 mm. So um, let me let me set it up real quick, just because. Um, first, those people who say uh, it's not about the money, you know, money isn't everything. Um, pretty much have it. And, you know, the, I don't mean to sound bad, but the broke people are like, yo, because you have it. Like, you don't know our lifestyle and everything like that. But right. it really, all money really does is provide different opportunities and ways to live, uh, to live life and to provide other opportunities for other people. Right. And even in that clip, to be the top artist, you're going to need money to pay for tour. You're going to sure. need money to pay for the people who are helping you. And depending if you're on a record label, you have to pay them people back. You there's it just because you are good at a talent. Being that is still a business and. Being in business, you still need some type of money to make sure that it gets to the top that it deserves, right? And so what I love about what he said there was, yeah, it's not about money, but it is needed to get to doing other things because I don't want to do music my whole life, right? I don't, I, I like, I love what I do, but this provides me with, being able to create OVO, to be able to create a clothing line, to be able to create a record label, to provide other people to do their own music, to be able to start film and things like that. And, and Moose is going to get all into the stats and everything, but it it's really a different kind of vibe 
when you look at money from that standpoint, instead of just saying, I need it so I can buy A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He didn't say any of that. He said tour, brand, all that great stuff. And so you could already see there's different priorities when you reach a certain kind of level. Um, and, and my question to you, Moose, is when when should that shift be made in business? Like, should that be like a right away kind of mindset shift where a person shouldn't only think about the materialistic or having a certain amount of money um, and they should think about it from a standpoint of what is this money going to do to get me to the next level, to get me to maybe my first employee, maybe to my first building, maybe to opening up a different business? Like, what would you say about that? Yeah, man. I mean, it's so critical that you get to that point as quickly as humanly possible. You know, now I always like to give context because I don't really ever want to give a one size fits all type of example. But you have to understand that the unique advantage that Drake has here is that he, like LeBron, like many of the greats that we've covered so far, has a strong team beside him, right? With his producer, with Future, with Oliver, right? These are people who grew up with him in a sense that have helped to really carry out other arenas of his business that helped him to focus all in on his craft. So I would say if you're in that position and you have people in your area that you can begin to put in position to carry out those responsibilities for you, then absolutely make that shift as of yesterday. As quickly as you can, you need to think about, okay, if we've, if we've mastered or are mastering our process today, what's our next move? What does our business look like in the future? What are some trends? What are some things that I can begin to predict or start to see can come about three five, 10, maybe even one year down the line that I can begin to position ourselves so that when that shift happens, or if I guess right, I'm ahead of my competition because I've just laid the groundwork, right? Now, some people may argue, well, no, you're wasting your resources if you're doing that. But I'm telling you, it is people who began to onboard their businesses online that survived during COVID. It wasn't anything major, like some of, some of the people went out of business because they just weren't tech savvy enough to transport their business from a physical location to online. So everything stopped for them. People didn't stop spending money, right. but just the way they accessed what you were providing was different. They weren't going out to see you. They weren't traveling as much. So think about some of the businesses that are really struggling right now, the airline industry, right? Uh, e- even the fashion industry to a sense, and it's not even the fashion industry, I would say more so retail business because people are not going out as much. So you had a store, I think, like Johnson & Johnson or, or, or a big suit retailer closed because who's, get, who's going out to buy suits and dress up clothes or, or formal clothing right now, right? That's- the context of the industry changes. And, and the way it's happening right now, you really can't just look at your country, your state, or your city. You really have to look at the world, mm-hmm. right? Like we saw China suffering through this almost late last year or early in 2020, you know, People should have been on that wave like, man, well, China's a big global team or or a global leader in the world. And whatever happens there can possibly affect us. Can you imagine if we just had a 20 minute brainstorming session like, all right, what would we do if if that was happening over there? And we did that like January. Yeah, we would have been ahead of the game. So it's that same concept that when you have people in your team and you're positioning them, 
absolutely begin to shift and start thinking about that one, three, five, and 10 year marks and say, all right, we're mastering our process. How can I now shift and begin to think about what we're going to build in the future based on upcoming trends and concepts? That, that's absolutely critical. That's fire. That's fire. Moose, let's talk about some stats, though. Let's yeah, talk about some yeah. stats. If we're talking money, Absolutely. let's talk about those yeah. stats. It's only right. So first off, remember the, another key principle, right? Another key principle you're going to keep hearing on this show because it's super critical that you apply what the greats are doing in your own way. Number one, mastered his own craft. Five albums, seven number one singles on the Billboard 100, four Grammys, not to mention the countless nominations, mm-hmm. countless nom. I'm talking about hundreds of nominations, but four Grammys, right? He stands with $150 million in net worth. I'm saying he has a good accountant because I can imagine that to be a lot better. But, you know, uh, Drake, send us a referral if you can about the accountant, please. We, we, we are uh, in need of some CPA services. We all, appreciate all it. All my accountants, please hit up Nikki and Moose. All my you accountants, know? please hit up <laughs> Nikki and Moose on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> Shameless pug. Yeah, for real. But then the, the thing that I really like is that he's beginning to diversify his portfolio. Yep. And he's thinking about his business and his career beyond the music industry. So, of course, he's making some investments, right? And we see the top one in the gaming industry. Yep. And the strategy behind investing in the gaming industry is very similar to what Travis Scott is doing with, his, with some of his collaborations is that he is trying to stay relevant with the younger demographic. Yes. Remember, Drake was dope. When I, when I was in high school, I'm 30 years old, that's 2009. So even the lifeline of his career, it's beginning to shorten because Drake is relevant, let's say, with people my age and maybe a little bit younger. Yeah. But if he now taps into the gaming market and he can get back relevant with teenagers, think about the lifelong of his career. Now he can go out on his own terms if he says, you know what? I'm not feeling music no more. I don't want to do it anymore. He's not walking away from the game because he's not selling albums or he's not, uh, you know, his music and his streaming is not as good as it used to be. It's because he doesn't want to do it. But some of these investments that you see him making here, he's really thinking about, all right, how can I stay relevant with the younger generation? How can I diversify, of course? How can I expand the brand? You see him collaborating with the Toronto Raptors. Create major move, right? People, again, think people were thinking that, uh, going back to the means, people were thinking that Drake is acting a fool just as the, at the basketball games because just because he can't. Uh, no. Like Nikki says, sir, uh, ma'am, no. <laughs> he was Congratulations. not, right? He you is played yourself. Big time. Uh, he is the team's ambassador, mm-hmm. right? Meaning... His logo, that OVO logo, is on the Toronto Raptors jerseys. Yes. He has a banner that is hanging in the arena. So think about the brand presence, the overall exposure, just how he's showing other media outlets what his brand is capable of doing because he now has proof, something to go back and show and say, hey, we collaborated with this team and here's what we were able to do for their media buys for their ticket sales, for their merchandise, right? Again, proof. So a very strategic move and what he was doing on the court, people forget that he's an actor. (laughs) So hello, he's bringing more attention 
to what he's positioned in. It worked great. It worked genius. Right. Now, whether that was pure passion or fully acted out, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it worked out in their favor. They went on to win the championship last year. And you see what happened with that. So just so many different moves that he's made. And right now, I think the final one, which I, is really showing an indicator of where he's going to be 10 years down the line, is him collaborating with uh, different producers and network companies to executive produce. So mm. he's going back to his acting, uh, acting bag and he's looking about, all right, how can I position myself to be back in the industry, but not maybe in front of the camera, but from behind the camera and I can executive produce. So one of the shows that he executive produced was a teenage show similar to the one that he was a part of. Right. So, again, using a, a strategy of something that's worked in the past and taking that same concept and bringing it back with a different touch because he has that experience, that ability to tell stories, and of course the team to back him up in different areas. So yeah, just to see the, the, how well he is spread out between different industries and how he's already planning his next move, yeah. I can see him, and I'm gonna make a prediction here, I can see him collaborating with LeBron in a major way uh, down the line, you know, when it comes to content, executive producing, writing movies, films, things of that nature. I think that's where he's headed and focused on as well. They're actually boys, so. Oh, for sure. I, Major yeah. relationship. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised that they already have something or, or cooking up something. That would be really fire. But I try to end it. I always try to end with uh, something dope that the uh, person said you know, uh, about their success, some lessons learned or anything. And, and plus, I try to impress Moose by being deep because he says all the deep <laughs> stuff and I'm just the really direct person. So I found something deep. So here we go. Shout out to uh, Elliot for this uh, interview. My uncle always told me something early in my life, which stuck with me, which is that while you're on the journey, you have to disconnect from the end goal. You know, because if you're just focused on some end goal, then you're, you might get there, but it'll be hard to progress past that because you're so focused on that one destination that it's like, you know, you, you, you maybe forget everything in between and maybe you could have done more in between. Just be, he always told me like, just be here right now, live right now and do the in best the you can right now. Don't worry about what that end goal is. It's great to have goals. It's great to have dreams, but it's just like you get too attached to it. And sometimes it could be a self-destructive thing. So I love this one because it makes me feel normal. Okay. Let me break this down. I'm one of those people that suck at, hey, give us your fourth quarter goals. Give us your year goals. Give us your five year, 10 year. I suck at that because I don't believe in putting a dollar amount or uh, like a limit to what I can do. Right. I always go based off like the environment or the vibe that I want, but not necessarily a hardcore like, OK, I want to make uh, 200K with this project and I want to do uh, buy this car and I want to do this and I want to do that. Because then when I do it, I believe in celebrating those really big wins and then I may have to lay off the gas real quick and I never want to get into that phase. Right. I'm always like a big dreamer. Uh, my mom uh, 
makes fun of me because I'll be looking at the 30 to $50 million houses. And she's like, you're not a Jay-Z or Beyonce and Kylie Jenner type. Like, you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, the the one to $12 million uh, houses, that's just, that, that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it for me. <laughs> but we can start looking at over here because not only does it have the uh, the closet while I'm in the pool and everything in the balcony, all that. But then down over there has a whole entertainment vibe. Like, I just don't want to put limits to what I like to do. And I don't want to get so caught up in trying to make that particular goal because then I don't have a vision for what comes next. That's just me. So it made me feel super like normal and the fact that he says that I can connect with it and feel like, you know what? You're on the right track, buddy. You mm. you kind of not doing that bad. Because you Drake did it. You thing figured out after all. Yeah, you know, yeah. I try. I try. What'd you think about it, Moose? Yeah, it, it's dope, man. I, I'm, I'm reminded of two things, right? Number one, I heard E say this, and he always said, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most critical things that I heard him say, right? Because whether you are a big visionary person or you are someone who really wants security, oftentimes you speed ahead because you want to control your environment or predict what you're going to create. Mm -hmm. When you tell yourself to be where your feet are, it helps you to focus on the very thing that's going to help you to either Make the vision or reality or make sure you continue to maintain that security that you're desiring. So usually we have to do the polar opposite of what we need or are focused on to make that thing happen when we're talking about our future, right? Because you can be a daydreamer and just imagining and thinking about your goals and creating this beautiful world. But if you don't give yourself an opportunity to begin to do the things that you need to do, to slowly but surely progress toward that, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And same thing, if security and you want to make sure that your bills are going to be covered and your family's going to be safe and you're going to have a retirement and all this stuff, you know, 20, 40, 30, 50 years down the line, then again, you can't just sit there and worry. Mm -hmm. You have to allow yourself to clear your head so you can think strategically and begin to do the things on a day-to-day basis that will allow you to achieve that. So number one, be where your feet are. The second thing, and I love this, where he talks about don't focus on the goal. This is something that I had to, that I've experienced on my own was don't dream from where you are, mm. All right? Because I noticed that when you're, when you're dreaming and you're someone, and, and I'm, I'll make reference to myself this way because at least that's who I was. When you struggle with confidence, when you're new in an industry, when you're not sure if it's going to pop the way you think it, it, it will, you always shoot yourself short. Like you, you don't really dream super big. You just kind of like look for the entry model. You're like, you know what? I know Tesla got the, 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 the super sport model and they got the, the cool model. I'll take the cool model. Like if I could just get in on the cool model, I'm at least driving a Tesla. Right. And guess what? And you'll notice... And Nikki, when I, when I was shopping to get things for the apartment, the difference between the regular and the super sport model is so minimal in price. Mm-hmm. But when you're only thinking about just getting through the door, 
You don't give your opp- yourself the opportunity to get the things that you deserve, that you've worked so hard to get. So I, it was a huge learned lesson for me, man. Don't dream from where you are. Dream from where you're going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Take into consideration the growth and the progress that you'll make as an individual and calculate your dreams that way. Allow that to be the thing that propels your vision, right? Instead of just looking for the entry ticket, that basic model, the least expensive thing that can get you through the door. Now, again, for some of us, every one of us at some point did that very thing, right? I talked about my hospitality business. When I started that business, I called it the dream supply. That That wasn't a coincidence. That was because I knew I did not want to be in the hospitality business forever, But that was going to be the vessel or the vehicle that got me from where I was to where I want to be. Cliche, but that's something that I did and didn't just talk about. Everyone talks about, oh, this is what you got to do to get from where you are to where you want to be. But I did it, right? I built a company that, that embodied that for me. And slowly but surely, you know, with COVID, that's what helped our transition. So yeah, don't dream from where you are. I don't want to get deep with it, but after I got deep with it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I don't want to get deep with it. All right. No, 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 all right, right. We'll leave don't that for that the, guy. We'll, we'll be, right. leave that for the final thought. But let's go right to figuring out what Drake is. Okay. So mm-hmm. Moose, it's your mm-hmm. turn first, right? It is. Yeah. It is. So first off, this is Based off the flight assessment, flightassessment.com, go there. Anyways, we got who is not. I'm going to say Drake is not a pilot. (gasps) Mm. Yeah, I don't see no, I don't see no pilot tendencies. I don't see no super, uh, you know, let's push everyone out the way or, and I don't even want to say it like that's what pilots do, but he's not just a very demanding type of person. Mm -hmm. He's really kind of more so in tune with the moment and he's really looking to experience life at its fullest capacity. He's not someone who's just rushing through or uh, allowing that to be the the big driver behind what he does. Big facts, big facts. Now, um, so we got three up there and I would love for, uh, our listeners and our, our viewers to really hit us up on Twitter about this one because I'm stuck, this right? I'm like, I'm really stuck just because, like, let's go with the facts. My man is emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, an entertainer, right? But very strategic with what he does. Like, I think the whole son thing was strategic. I think how he releases certain situations, certain things is strategic. How he creates his brand is strategic. But I think also when it comes to his team, he's all for his team. I think um, how he is setting up as far as the film and the, you know, the the esports and all that great stuff. I think everything's done for a reason. And even from just standing out in his individual ways, it's hard to say this and this. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. very confident in the flight attendant, right? I feel very confident, but then I look at he's not out there like that, right? Like, 
he has a pulse to social media, but he's not all the way out on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't feel if if you were a full blown flight attendant, you would hide your kid. Even once you announce it, let's say maybe not the full announcement, but once it's announced, I, I would expect more. And it still mm-hmm. almost feels as if it's a secret, even though he did that bar like I'm trying to hide uh, my kid from the world right. or some stuff like I forgot that bar, but you know what bar I'm talking about. I thought it was a dope bar. I thought it was a dope bar. Not trying to hide the my kid. No, my the world from my kid. I'm I'm trying to hide the kid from the world. Trying to hide my kid from the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Trying to hide my kid from the world. I'm trying to hide the world from my kid. Right, right. So I think, but that protectiveness of the family, how Mm -hmm. close he is with the family between his dad and his mom and. And the emotions that he puts out on on a uh, pen and everything like that, it it leaves me like, yo, what are you? Right. Like, right. because I feel ground crew vibes like I feel it. Right. Um, but I there are certain points and then maybe it has to be how we do from the past where it's like Drake, the entertainer. And Drake, the person, what do yeah. we feel is the is there a difference? Because I'm looking at flight attendant, grounds crew, and air traffic controller, and I'm like, I I I don't know, because I don't yeah. even think he's like a super super high flight attendant. Yeah, you know, I, we we haven't really talked about this on any of our platforms much, mm-hmm. but. What we also know through the assessment is the there's an adaptive style. Yes. Right. The 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 flight assessment measures how you are when things are going good and gravy, when yep. you're in your element, mm-hmm. and how you are when you know that you need to be something else or yep. when you have to strategically do something to get what you want. Right. Yep. We're able to measure both of those patterns for you, again, to help put you in a position to be more successful. So when I look at the report this way or when I when I analyze Drake from this perspective, I can't help but imagine that he is heavy on the grounds crew and the air traffic control. Like those are his top two naturally. Like when he's just really in his element, he's more so on a chill, laid back type of vibe, really in his head and in his emotions about or his thoughts and his feelings about what is happening around him. Mm-hmm. And he's analyzing that. He's spending time to really think about what does those, what do those feelings mean, right? And we saw in the very first clip, he talked about, I help to translate what people feel that they don't know how to put words to. Mm-hmm. That's, that, we, we, can't over, we can't overlook that, right? Really what he's telling you is that he has a high EQ, right? An, an emotional intelligence. There, there's something about him where he's able to translate some things that people struggle to analyze or put into words. So I see that big in the grounds crew and the air traffic control. But when he is on stage, when he is, when he has to, because we, you know, through what we're seeing that just anything related to social media, when, when he has to, Mm -hmm. he knows how to turn on and operate out of the adaptive flight attendant to attract the likeness, to attract the laughs, to attract whatever it is that he's pursuing at the time. So I would say someone who's extremely self-aware, right, to know that, hey, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. 
This is where I need to be. Probably why he doesn't do social media, like you said, until he has to. Yeah. Right. This is where I need to be to operate in my gift and in my greatness. But when it's time to launch it or really turn up, I got to activate that flight attendant and show up for my people and give the people what they need because it helps me to stimulate this process that I'm currently in. That's what I would say. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm, I like that. I'm not even going to disagree with it. I'm not going yeah. to disagree with it. I'm all for that. However, all right, so let's do this. Um, all I want you guys to do, this is all I want you guys Thank you for listening for this far. Review, right? Reviews, review, reviews. Take a screenshot that you are listening and watching this and put this on your stories. Share this on, on social media. Tag us, Nikki and Moose. Tweet us, all that great stuff. We're active everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you follow us and tag us every single time you are listening to this. And... um. That's all I got. This was fire. Uh, Moose, final oh, tell, words. Wait, tell, wait, tell wait, them, wait, sorry, wait. Tell, tell, tell the people if they, um, they want to rock with us on some of the pre-shows, man, come, come, hang, with us, come hang with us on Facebook. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. on Facebook Live Tuesday You're and Friday. You're smart. You're smart. You know what I'm saying? Listen, Tuesday, Tuesdays? Tuesdays and Fridays, 7 p.m., uh, facebook.com slash Nikki and Moose. Go chill with us. We do a whole preview and pre-show um you get to know a little bit more about us we get to break down the next episode a little bit and answer any kind of questions so that's on facebook tuesdays and fridays 7 p.m we might have to i'm gonna be honest with you it may just be once a week i'm just you better catch it now while it's on two we're gonna mm. have this we're gonna have discussions it may just be tuesdays so uh, depending on when you hear this, definitely Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 8, nope, 6, 6 p.m. Central. Go. There you go. I don't five. know when, 5, four. West Coast time, 4. Four. No, four. four. Listen, shout out to the West Coast people. We, we love, love you. Um, Moose, final words. Yeah, don't dream from where you are. I'm, I'm going to go back to that one. Don't dream from where you are. Take into account the growth the discipline, the, the development that you're going to acquire on your current path and, and take that into consideration when you're planting your seeds or thinking about your vision and thinking about where you want to be, right? Don't short sell yourself or don't go into the regular model. Like I said, when, when, you, when you begin to just step on solid ground, you'll notice that the difference between the basic model and the premium version is minimal in cost, but it makes a great deal of a difference in terms of the feel when, you, when you're in that car or when you're sitting on that couch or when you're sleeping in that bed. I just moved, so forgive me for these, you know, these examples. They're very relevant to me right now because I literally had to do it. But there's a minimal cost or a minimal difference when you really think about it, but a major difference, and again, in that return on an investment and what you're able to do with it. So don't dream from where you are. Take into consideration the growth that you're going to make in the process.